Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Welcome back, Renegades. Welcome, Renegades. Welcome. I'm excited this week. It's more of a it's more of a practical podcast. It's a practical podcast. I like it. Yeah. And this one will maybe help all of us do a little better in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one is nose to tail. Nose to tail. Bone broth. <laughs> or broth. Not broth, but just the benefits of eating nose oh, to tail. Oh, eating it all. Oh, got it, got it, got it. But Not broth, just the, broth, broth is part of that. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, when we get there in your section, I've got some some flexing to do on my broth process in my life. So. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I we'll want to hear it. Flex away. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about the benefits of eating nose to tail, or as I like to call it, snoot to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That was good. <laughs> Kay mentioned she was grumpy today, so I'm just doing what I can to make her laugh. <laughs> job good you know how they say just smile for a minute and then you feel better Mm -hmm. i'm already feeling better oh good 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 it'll only get better from here yep yep i didn't eat my snoot or toot this morning (laughs) or shoot what you call it snoot to toot (laughs) would also be pretty good Neither of these words sound appetizing, but somehow are you going to make us want to eat these things? I, I think so. I think so. If I succeed, if I succeed, you'll want to eat okay, them. Okay, okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That remains TBD. Okay. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, first off, hello to our listeners in Singapore. Singapore? Singapore. We have listeners in Singapore. We sure do. I'm so proud of us and Singapore. Yes. Um, here's a fun fact about Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the city of skyscrapers, but it is also one that is filled with a bunch of greenery. Yes. Nearly half of Singapore's land area is under green cover. I was looking it up and I'm like, okay, why did I not know? Now I really want to visit Singapore. Okay, it that's looked incredible. gorgeous. Gorgeous. So they must have had some somebody come along with that initiative of like greening the roofs, right? Yeah. Is that the idea? It's basically like they just have tons of green spaces within the city. So even though it's a big city, yes. they have tons of like botanical gardens and parks to visit and just greenery growing within the city. That is amazing. So like they like valued nature to yes. keep it like Instead of the concrete jungle taking yes, over. Yes, exactly. That's really neat. And I was looking at pictures of it and I was like, wow, I don't know why I didn't know more about Singapore, but it seems like a gorgeous place. Like if you That's enjoy cool. gardens and green space, it and looks like they, a gorgeous place to if visit. If value that, I, I want to go. And That's- I just wrote, I mean, as of the time we're recording this podcast, mm-hmm. um, I had just written a post on my Instagram about the benefits of of like forest bathing and being yes. out in nature. Yeah. And so I really, I was like, this is a cool fact to include because I think when people live in big cities, yeah. it can be really hard to find that green space. Yeah. So way to go Singapore for way like bringing the greenery into the city and then people can have both. I wonder if they're like a, just a little less stressed than other cities. I you bet know. they're a lot less stressed. A lot less but stressed. our listeners in Singapore, you'll have to let yeah. us know. Do let us know. Do you How feel are like you're life? less stressed? Yeah. 
Because it seems feel? like, I mean, if you compared like a city with a lot of green space like that to someplace that's a little bit more industrial, like downtown LA, I yeah. would bet the people of Singapore are less stressed out. I think you're right. That would be my guess. I love it. I won't, Now I want to go there too. And I also really would much rather visit Singapore than LA. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But we do love you listeners in LA too. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> thank you to our listeners in Singapore. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And thank you for your love of green space. Yes. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, so today we're going to talk about the benefits of eating nose to tail, which is, you know, an important principle of ancestral eating, like we've talked about. That seems to be what we emphasize the most, rather than any, like, designated diet type. Mm -hmm. We talk mostly about ancestral eating. Yeah. Which is what makes sense to me, eating like our ancestors did, which some people, you know, label as paleo but i think i like just calling it ancestral eating better because i think that sounds cool paleo has just been kind of over commercialized that's fair that's mm-hmm. fair and uh, like paleo i love paleo and i really yeah, identify it with it a lot but the one thing i have beef with the paleoites guys tell me why can't they have beans do ancestrals do they we we're cool with beans. those are kind of like a cultivated crop so oh. it's more like the native peoples once they settled down and started cultivating crops then okay. things like beans came along okay oh got it so i think that's the like super ancestral when we were like cavemen and roaming the earth yeah we wouldn't have stopped in any space long enough to grow something like beans because we would have been following herds of bison and whatever else we were hunting okay interesting uh-huh. so so i like that that we're paleo-ish yeah and we're but ancestral kind of can cover at least like real food from the earth so right. we got it covered yeah i mean we all come from ancestors that farmed at some point yep fair because at fair. some point our our ancient ancient ancestors stopped roaming around and started forming more communities that were i mean for the most part yeah. That were not just wandering and yeah. following. They actually started to farm and cultivate food. So yeah. Yeah. our ancestors also ate beans. So yes. How interesting. When you said that, I was like, my ancestors definitely were wanderers because that's my soul. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm more them than the modern. Like, You're actually just descended from gypsies, I think. Yes, yes I did. I absolutely did. Like, bye. <laughs> but anyway, so when we talk about eating nose to tail, what we mean is really eating every part of the animal. And the main emphasis of today's episode is eating organ meats. Okay. Okay, wait. Now, I had a question to verify for the listeners and for myself. Please do. Okay. So, well, I'm jumping to bone broth, but this the nose to tail, when you do bone broth, <laughs> this might be a dumb question. No. You remove like the hair first oh like skin like hair you you skin it off yeah is this dumb to ask what about the skin and the hair okay well like most okay most cuts that you're buying like skin on is fine if you're making a stock okay um the hair i i guess unless it's clean i wouldn't include it like feathers and stuff like if you're cooking a chicken carcass most of the time you don't just like plunge a whole chicken into a pot you would like pluck the feathers and then put the whole carcass in. and that makes sense like that like the cow hide you take off the hide yeah that way you get bone broth and you get a beautiful rug right (laughs) right like if you're buying from a butcher and not butchering yourself it's not gonna have any of the hide the hide okay okay so you get it like 
Yeah, like the meat bits and yeah. the organ bits. So okay. ancestrally speaking, our ancestors would have used every part of the animal, but not eaten every part of the animal. So like the hide, they would have taken for, like, for clothing, clothing. Yeah. and yeah. used that. Then they would have just used all the meat, but they never would have removed skin per se in the way that we eat like skinless, boneless meats. Yeah. Our ancestors were not eating cuts that were skinless and boneless like that. Okay. They okay. were eating like fish with the scales and <laughs> chicken yeah. with the skin. And yeah. um, now we don't really do that. We're used to everything being like dissected, bones removed, skin removed, packaged, made to look nothing. Very sterile, yeah. Nothing yeah. like the animal it came from. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. No, okay. I don't think that's a stupid question. I okay. think it's worth asking. Most people probably aren't slaughtering their own animals and the ones who are hopefully just know what to remove and what not to remove. But mm. yeah. yeah, it's worth... I, I wouldn't... I. Yeah, if it's like a clean animal, I don't know that there's any issue with including the hair. It just would make you'd have to filter it so you weren't okay, like coughing up fur balls. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right, shave the thing first. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> That's funny. And also, just like if you are making bone broth, just know the more fatty bits you include, like skin. Okay. The more you're going to get that plug of fat at the top of the broth. Oh, yeah. Which yes. I don't have a problem with because yes. it actually helps preserve the broth so you can keep it in the fridge for longer because it kind oh. of blocks out yeah. air. It keeps like air from reaching it. Wow. So I leave it. But when you go to use the broth and you're ready, it's best to remove all of that fat because I have learned the hard way. If you leave it and then you cook with it, the broth gets really greasy Okay. So I now yes. remove the, like, my husband was like, I'm not a fan of this because it's greasy. Like, uh, okay. Because then the fat, like, melts. So if you're making, like, a soup, I made us, like, a, a vegetable chicken soup and I didn't remove the fat. And so then, like, we were getting tons of nutrients yeah. from the fat, was which so was amazing. Yeah. But it also was just kind of like a greasy mess. So if you include things like skin, which I do, mm-hmm. know that there will be a fat plug, which helps keep it fresh. But I suggest you remove it before you use it for soup or something. Okay. Okay. This is a good segue then for me to flex on my bone breath. So this is encouragement for the listeners. I never did a bone broth or none of that. Until I met a lady <laughs> and she changed my life. And so now, so just last week, I made my bone broth with the whole chicken. And you're right, that top, I had like an eighth inch of like that, yeah, fat stuff. So yeah. you're right. I'm like, what do I do with this gross thing? Yeah. Anyway, so I do throw it away because I'm a little grossed out. Yeah. But then the bottom is so yummy. I just heat it up and it feels so good. So this is encouragement. Whatever Eleni says today, listen, because <laughs> it's smart. Yeah. And it tastes good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> good shout out. Good testimonial. Mm-hmm. So for thousands of years as humans, we've been eating nose to tail up until pretty much recently. Mm-hmm. And in the United States, because most countries incorporate organ meats and like other parts of the animal, things like tongue and feet into their normal cuisine. Americans are kind of the ones who are now like grossed out by that, right? Like, I guess we think we're better, but we're not. Uh (laughs) Um, So not only does using the whole animal eliminate waste, But it also has a lot more nutrient density and value because the most nourishing parts of the animal aren't actually the muscle meats that we're used to eating. So 
things like breasts and thighs from chickens. You know, mm-hmm. those aren't actually the most nutrient-dense parts of the animal. Mm-hmm. So other cultures, they've got it right. They know what they're doing. <laughs> According to world-renowned archaeologist Dr. Bill Schindler, it wasn't until we started eating animals' organs and connective tissue and fat rather than just the muscle meat that our brains grew exponentially to make us the brilliant human beings we are today. Wow. Uh-huh. Now I want to feed my kids organ meats. Ooh, wow. I'll help you do it. Wow. Um, it might surprise you to learn that organ meats are the most nutrient-dense part of the animal, especially when compared to the lean meats. Um, but in fact, like if I were to go through every nutrient that was in organ meats, it would take forever. It's actually would be easier to tell you what's not in them versus what's in them because there's so much. But in general, you have a very high concentration of vitamin A, all the B vitamins, like all of them, and particularly B12. You have vitamin C, D, E, and K. You have the essential minerals like iron, calcium, and a good amount of copper, magnesium, selenium, phosphorus, potassium, and zinc. Wow. To name a few. Wow. <laughs> so organ meats are the original multivitamin. So to go through some of the benefits, so beef liver has more vitamin B12, like 10 times more B12, and vitamin A per serving than ground beef. Wow. So beef liver, 10 times the amount of B12 compared to ground beef, plus it's high in vitamin B6, folate, choline, iron, and zinc. The liver is actually one of the best sources of retinol, which is the most bioavailable form of vitamin A available on the planet. Um, And no, it's not carrots. (laughs) (laughs) I know everybody thinks like vitamin A, they think of carrots, sweet potatoes, orange Mm -hmm. things, which do contain vitamin A, but it's in the form of beta carotenes versus retinol. Retinol is a lot more bioavailable for our bodies Mm -hmm. because beta carotenes have to be converted to retinol before our bodies can use them. And that conversion process is pretty... Uh, in inefficient. Okay. So actually, even though things like carrots have really high contents of vitamin A, it's not in the absorbable form like it is in liver. Okay. I really quick. I represent the people here, uh-huh. Eleni. So I have a question that the people might have that I used to have. Um, I you know like how the liver is made to help clean our body. I always thought you shouldn't eat the liver because it's like. The dirty sponge cleaning out. You know what I mean? I'm glad you asked that question because I actually have that. You like, do. In okay. the podcast, but Good. I'll just answer it now okay. since you're okay. asking about it. But yes, this is one of the most common questions yeah. I get about the liver. So what an, a working liver does is it filters toxins out of the body and eliminates them in the form of waste. So you pee and defecate okay. them out. Oh, so a working, it sends it along. Yeah, a working liver does not store toxins. Mm. A working liver eliminates toxins. So it is a filter, but it's like constantly a filter. So okay. Okay. As long as the animal's healthy or a human is healthy, the liver should never be storing toxins. Okay. Only in really sick animals would it be like then then the liver starts to like fail, right? Yeah. Once it starts storing toxins, that's one of the things that leads to liver failure. Yeah. And then you don't want to eat 
that like you wouldn't <laughs> a farmer right. hopefully wouldn't just process meat from a cow that died right right like right. of just like and i'm sure that liver looks bad it would look yeah mysterious yes. yes yes so that's a great question and on top of that i would say it's important to eat liver from animals that are on pasture that yes. are being raised in a clean environment yes. and by clean i don't mean sterile right <laughs> Or like whatever, like, but an animal in a, a confined animal feeding operation or CAFO, they're living in dirt in their poop, which is like a lot more toxins. Plus they're encountering toxins within their food because their food typically is non-organic and GMO and it's sprayed with chemicals and they may be given antibiotics at some point in their mm -hmm. life. Yep. So I wouldn't recommend eating organ meats from an animal that's been raised in conditions like that. Wow. Yeah. Because they're encountering a lot more toxins. As long as the animal is healthy, the the meat still shouldn't be storing the toxins, but just on principle. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to eat that. So you'd want to eat liver from an animal that's been out on pasture in its natural environment because that ensures a healthy working liver. I mean, just like yeah. we as humans get liver diseases because of the diet we eat, mm -hmm. that would happen to an animal too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you want to eat a liver from an animal that's living its best life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, yes, good. good question. Good, you've you've called my, my worries on that. So great. Yes, great. absolutely. Good. Um, beef heart, so now moving on to the heart, is especially rich in CoQ10, which is vital for energy production and the prevention of oxidative stress, which we experience every day. CoQ10 has benefits for heart health, improving congestive heart failure, and even lowering blood pressure. Beef kidney is also rich in vitamin A and the whole suite of B vitamins, Plus, it's packed with selenium as well as amino acids, which are beneficial to our own kidney and liver health. Spleen, as an organ, is high in vitamin C. Vitamin C in the spleen helps iron to carry the oxygen from our lungs to our various body parts. The spleen and the kidney both also have folate, which plays a big role in making and repairing DNA, so AKA cancer prevention, mm. and producing red blood cells, which is why it's in a lot of prenatal vitamins. Mm. All of the organ meats have great absorbable iron and are one of the best food sources of vitamin D. In fact, the high iron content is why I have not at all, at one point, <laughs> during any point of my pregnancy, I've never taken supplemental iron. Mm. I've only taken like liver capsules, basically desiccated liver capsules, and I've eaten organ meat. So as soon as that sounded um, okay <laughs> to my body to eat again, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that first trimester, I didn't like, have many, <laughs> just yep. did the capsules. Yep. But once organ meat started sounding good again, that's what I've been eating. And I my own brag is that I just got my third trimester blood work back and it looked like fantastic. Yes, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so that's testament to I did not take any iron and I did not have any form of iron deficiency anemia whatsoever. And in fact, my midwife was like, wow, your blood work looks awesome. So You're like, well, I'm a nutritionist, so <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I was like, I've been eating a lot of liver, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you may remember the episode we did on the top most nutrient-dense foods in which we discussed the ranking of nutrient-dense foods 
based on the most common deficiencies that are present worldwide. And of course, organ meats took four of the top seven spots. So Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. There's also an interesting concept, um, an ancestral concept of the types of support. So there's a philosophy that whatever organ you are eating supports that organ within your own body. So for example, eating the heart would support your heart. It would support cardiovascular health. If you eat spleen, it supports your spleen. So it's kind of interesting because it's actually true. If you look at the vitamins that are predominantly within those organs, they are supportive. So like we mentioned, the heart, if you eat the heart, contains a lot of CoQ10. What's CoQ10 good for? heart health cool so and then the spleen is high in vitamin c what's vitamin c good for spleen health because it's good for immune health and the spleen is a big part of your immune system so i think that's cool our ancestors knew that long before we did and maybe they couldn't have pinpointed it down to the actual like vitamins and minerals and interactions but but they just knew they just knew i don't know that we're any better off for knowing those details Maybe we can convince people on a podcast. Yeah. Yes, it's true. It it just adds clout. But sadly, for every like filet mignon or chuck roast, there are also powerful organ meats that usually end up in the trash Mm. because people don't want them. The butcher doesn't have anything to do with them, which isn't good for our planet or our bodies. Mm. So here is a guide to how to eat organ meats and not hate yourself. Yes. Yes. Um, Because most of us didn't grow up eating organ meats and learning to like them as an adult can be really hard. I'm mentally preparing myself to mix Uh it in. Right. Mm -hmm. I am like, Mm okay, you can do it. Help your spleen. And most people don't know how to prepare organ meats. Like it it would just be a totally foreign concept, right? Right. Um, Or even where to buy them. And that was definitely the case for me. So I, even before my nutrition degree, I knew from nutritionist friends that organ meats were good. Um, but I avoided organ meats for like years. Even <laughs> after completing my master's in nutrition, I was like, I eat everything else that's nutrient dense. I don't have to yeah, eat organ I'm all meats. Right. I'm all right. Yeah. Um, but then at some point I decided, okay, I really have yeah. to walk my talk. Like yeah. either I, I don't tell my clients to eat organ meats, which... Yeah. I know I should tell them that or like I start eating them myself. Right. Yeah. And it feels like the super vitamin. Yes. So it's like, okay. Let's like I got, I got, I have to find a way to do this. Right. And it was after reading, I was reading a book called Deep Nutrition by Dr. Catherine Shanahan. And she was talking all about how important organ meats are. And that was my like, okay, okay I'm going to do this. Yes. Right. Hey there, Renegades, Eleni here, briefly interrupting this episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. I wanted to highlight a company that Kay and I have recently discovered that we love, and that company is Bulletproof. Bulletproof sells high-quality nutritional supplements, and every product that Kay and I have tried from them personally, we have found to be excellent. It's important when you choose a supplement that it contain the bioactive forms in order for it to be effective and Bulletproof has just the right forms in just the right amounts. Right now, if you go to bulletproof.com and use the code RENEGADE15 at checkout, you can receive 15% off your order. That's RENEGADE, R-E-N-E-G-A-D-E-15. Use that code at checkout to get 15% off and we'll earn a small commission too. Thanks for your support. All right, back to this week's episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. 
So for my first adventure, I actually followed a recipe from that book. I bought cubed grass-fed beef liver from the local co-op. And I read this recipe, which promised it would taste delicious. And so I followed it. I marinated the liver in like tamari, lemon juice, ginger, garlic, and other good things for like 24 hours. Okay. Then I painstakingly sauteed it to the exact cooking specifications because she was very specific. Like you cook it in this much juice, you cook it for this amount of time, then you turn the heat up. Like, because if you overcook it, it gets rubbery, right? Then I mixed it with more fresh ginger, garlic, green onions, and veggies in a stir fry. And it was like beautiful and I hated it. (laughs) You did? It was so gross. It was like my first try of liver and I just was like, I just believed the recipe that it wouldn't taste like liver. It absolutely <laughs> like tasted like liver. This is yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. She's like, nobody will ever know it's liver. No, I absolutely knew it was liver. I was I, like, oh God, I can't do it. I expected a different ending to that story. No, it was terrible. <laughs> I think the texture, when you're only used to muscle meats, first yeah. of all, the texture okay. is off-putting. Okay. So I, that was one big thing. Okay. So I haven't had it, so it's more rubbery. Is that... It is just, like, really smooth. Oh, okay. Kind of compared to, okay. like, a muscle meat. In, like, a weird you out kind In of way. In a weird way. Okay. Um, my husband ate more of it than I did. I literally took one bite and was like, I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't do it. My 24 hours of labor and uh-uh. nope. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, oh, this is, like, good for liver and ate a few bites. But, of like, even for him, after a few bites, he was like... I think I'm done. And I'm like, this is, you know what? This was an experiment. Yeah. It failed. It's all right. Yeah. We'll throw it away. It's okay. It's okay. I picked it out and we still ate the veggies and I like cooked some rice or something. Okay. So like that was my first adventure. Don't let that turn you off though. I just wanted to like be real about it because Mm -hmm. there are recipes that are like cooking liver. Like maybe don't start there if you've never had liver. Fair. If Fair. you've had liver okay. and you're okay with liver, that recipe is probably amazing. Yeah, now you might like it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I still feel scarred. <laughs> My next try of liver was chicken liver wrapped in bacon. Yes. Which a friend made. Bacon, And yes. chicken livers are a lot more mild. Admittedly, I thought they were bacon wrapped dates, so I ate one like thinking that, and so it was a, a weird surprise. Yes, yeah, not a sweet. Not a, yeah. like, I was oh. like, "Oh, what am I chewing on?" But your friends make you this. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were like at a party, and they made like made it, and it just wasn't labeled or anything. And I and I was like, "He's like, oh, it's chicken livers." So I will say that was actually like. I could stomach that. That okay. was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was off-putting when I was expecting a date and it was <laughs> something different. Label your potlucks, friends. Yes, yes. So chicken liver is definitely more mild, but I still wasn't like, I will make this and eat it. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I ate this bite and I didn't like hate it, but I, I wouldn't go out of my way to eat another one hmm. kind of a hmm. thing. Yeah. That's me too. I'm a big texture person. So yeah. that is like m- me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Other people may not have problems with that. So bacon wrapped chicken livers might actually be a good starting point for some people. Yeah, man, wrap any liver in bacon. I think yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I read an article from Weston Price about how important organ meats were. And in that article, they talked about trying Braunschweiger, mm. which is a German organ meat sausage. Yes. 
And they recommended a specific one sold by U.S. Wellness Meats. So I was like, okay, okay sausage. Yeah. I can try this. Yeah. Might be like a texture improvement. Yeah. 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 Um, now, I actually really liked the Braunschweiger. So Ooh, that was the first thing I ever tried that I was like, this is good. So it's kind of like it? a blend of it, organ meats. So I bought it online. So online. U.S. Wellness Meats is online. Okay. They ship anywhere in the U.S. I don't think they ship internationally, but also if you're international you probably have more access i would depending on which country you're oh, in that's fair. but you probably have more access to organ meats than people in the u.s do because other cultures tend to value them more fair. um so it is a blend i think it's a blend of probably beef and then like beef liver heart kidney all of those good things good job company just good mixed job. in it does still have a, a strong flavor i i think but they also mix it with like onion and spices and things that have a strong flavor yeah so the way i prepared it mm-hmm. um and you just slice it cold i mean you can heat it up but i actually don't recommend it because i felt like it made the, the flavor stronger when i did oh but we had homemade gluten-free sourdough. Yum. So I did a slice of homemade gluten-free sourdough, some grass-fed sharp cheddar, some yeah. Dijon mustard, some lettuce, some tomatoes from our garden, mayo, bacon, and then the Braunschweiger. And I oh. made this like decadent sandwich and it was amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but I'm going to put everything else on it to kind of distract and i think those other ingredients like lettuce and tomato and onions and stuff kind of like detracted from the texture yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you're like what yeah which food texture am i getting right right yep um and so i actually made those like once i it's a kind of big block of sausage that you get um, so I just made those sandwiches every day until I had eaten the whole block of Braunschweiger. Wow. And then I got used to the flavor of the Braunschweiger. And nowadays I like, I do um, a sharp cheddar goat cheese because that was before I knew how sensitive I was to cow's milk dairy. This was a couple years back. Um, so I just do a slice of Braunschweiger, a slice of the sharp cheddar goat cheese, and I do some stone ground mustard. Yeah, It's really good. So I just do those. I don't get so fancy with the sandwich anymore these days. But <laughs> yeah, get her done. <laughs> but yeah, that is actually one of my favorite snacks and has, I like crave it. Wow. It has been one of my favorite snacks during pregnancy. Is and like, all the vitamins in it. Uh-huh. Mm. Is the Braunschweiger with some cheese and some stone ground mustard. Oh, my God. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't personally notice the organ meat flavor of it anymore. Like, okay. I'm a big fan. But when we were setting up for our baby shower, I did have some friends over. And one of them had had Braunschweiger because I had recommended it to her during her pregnancy. So she was like, ooh, Braunschweiger, can I have some? And we were like sharing it. And then another friend wanted to try it. And she was like, oh, it tastes like organ meats. (laughs) So maybe it does still have a strong flavor. But to me, even in my like detesting organ meats phase. Yes. I made it really palatable by like hiding it in a bunch of things. Uh And then you do just get used to the flavor more. And then the psychology of it, like, it's okay. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. And and then my body, literally, like, my body was like, this is so good. I want it. So yeah. then I started craving it. Yeah. Um, and then after the Braunschweiger, so that was a really positive experience. I bought a bunch more of that because you just keep it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So that kind of met my organ meat requirements. I was eating it every week. Um, but then after that, I was like, okay, now I can try, like, an organ meat blend. So... 
on the U.S. Wellness Meats website, they also had this organ meat blend that my friend Emily was like, hey, have you ever tried this? And I hadn't, so I bought some. So it's a blend of ground beef mm. mixed with liver, kidney, and heart. So oh, it's, all those in there. It's similar to like Braunschweiger, but it's wow. not that sausage. So it's it's really more like just ground beef. Wow. Um, and I specifically used it in this Thai dish recipe that my friend Emily had sent me. And I mixed it with extra plain ground beef, which you don't necessarily need to do that, but it just stretched it a little further because it's kind of an expensive blend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like $12 per pound, so it's expensive, right? So I stretched it with our, like... So smart. Yeah. But with then you don't have to buy as many vitamins. So yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so if you're eating that way, you definitely don't have to do a multivitamin. I mean, if you're eating that way regularly. Um, and once I did that, like, for real, I couldn't taste it. So that's wow. kind of my number one recommendation for a lot of my wellness clients when I'm starting them out on organ meats is buy plain ground beef or use it from a cow share or whatever you already have. And then buy an organ meat blend and then blend it in with that ground beef. So it ends up being like a lot more. It's probably close to like 80% ground beef to 20% organ meats. But that's still a a better ratio than not eating any organ meats. Especially if you're eating it weekly. It's really easy to prepare. And it adds moisture to the ground beef without changing the texture. Mm. Um, I also, and then I did find if you have a natural grocers where you are or a vitamin cottage, at least here in Iowa, they carry an organ meat blend and it is a lot more affordable. I think it's closer to like $8 a pound instead of $12 a pound. So now I just buy that locally. So I buy their organ meat blends. And they also have a bison blend. Mm. And then they have a ground chicken organ meat blend, which has the liver, heart, gizzard, skin, and then ground chicken. And with that one, I don't add any extra plain ground chicken. We just eat that as is, and it's really tasty. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, it's on my grocery list now. Mm -hmm. You've convinced me I'm in. Organ meat blends. And if you can't find an organ meat blend at a store near you, but you can find just frozen beef liver or fresh beef liver, whatever, then you can buy that and either freeze it or leave it frozen and then buy some ground beef and instead of defrosting the thing of liver, just grate it frozen into the ground beef. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you just grate it frozen to the ground beef. I was like, how are you going to thaw and cook it? Is uh it like a gross patty? But no, that's brilliant. Yeah, so cook the ground beef, and while you're cooking it, just grate like frozen liver into it. Then the liver stays frozen, so it's not going to go bad. Um, And then it just comes off as little shavings, and those shavings can just kind of melt into the ground beef, um, which is an easy way to get liver into food, generally without anybody knowing it. So... A good ratio is like 25%, 20 to 25% liver to like 70 to 80% ground beef. So that's a good ratio. I mean, and like by good, I mean, you won't really know it's in there at that point um, because it doesn't really affect the texture or flavor unless it's really strong liver. Sometimes you have to experiment. Um, But when I've tried a mix that's higher than that, like a higher ratio of liver, then you you start to notice it. (laughs) 
feeling you like sneak nutrients to all your meals when you have people over. You're like, eat these tacos. I did actually one time had my friend's parents over who like when I was growing up, my best friend's parents were like parents to me too. They were in town and visiting um, and they came over for taco salad and I did sneak organ meats yes. into the ground beef and I didn't tell them till the meal was over. <laughs> you're like, you're welcome for all those B vitamins. Yeah, and they didn't notice at all. Like, yeah, the dad was like, no way. No, no you way. didn't. And I showed him the package that was like in the trash. And so ah, yeah, literally he didn't know. That's so. amazing. Yeah, especially because like in taco salad, that's one of my favorite ways to do it. Yeah. You're adding so seasoning. many other. Yeah. yeah, you have taco seasoning yeah. and you're adding like lettuce, tomatoes and onions and beans and cheese yep. and like sour cream, all these like good yep. stuff to it. So, yep. yeah, that's a really great way, especially for kids. Like just be like, it's taco salad night. Don't yep. announce yes. anything. Right. 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 Like they probably won't notice. Yeah. I fooled adults, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we can fool kids. Kids, yeah. kids maybe are like more astute than Yo, that sometimes. Oh, that's but true. <laughs> but anyway, give it a try. Um, additionally, one thing I really like are cod livers, which sound gross, but yeah. they're actually really mild and tasty when you mix them into like a tuna or a salmon salad. Ah. Um, I buy them on Amazon. The I can, I think it's I can. It's like an Icelandic cod liver. It just comes in cans drain it and then make a tuna salad and mix them in you really can't tell that they're in there i promise what do they look like they honestly are the same color as like tuna in a can they're just little pink round livers they're they're bigger than you would expect but i guess i don't know how big cod are in the wild (laughs) yeah i don't know either interesting yeah so they're they i was so surprised they weren't fishy the thing they are is like soft so hmm if you were just to eat cod livers, I think it would be kind of mushy, yeah. almost more like a pate consistency, yeah. but mixed in with tuna or like canned tuna or canned salmon and then yeah. make your normal salmon salad recipe. Like I chop up pickles and onions and add mayo and mustard and all that good stuff. Yeah. Like you really can't tell they're in there. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm it does growing. soften the texture a little bit, but it didn't alter the flavor a bunch. Okay. I do like it better with tuna versus salmon. I've done both. But. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll work up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, for organ meats, kidney and heart are definitely more mild tasting organ meats. Um, and heart is a lot more similar in taste and texture to like muscle meats that we're used to. So... If you've tried liver and you're like, nope, can't do liver, (laughs) um, give heart a try and Mm -hmm. see if you like that better. Um, So how to get organ meats. Yeah. So the best way is probably from a local farmer or farmer's market, but you do have to ask for it. Um, Or you can ask a local butcher. I was reading a commentary from somebody that talked about how like they went to the farmer's market and they found somebody who was selling meat. And they started asking for organ meats and the seller didn't have it at the time. But because they asked for it a couple weeks in a row, the seller started bringing it. Ah, cool. To the farmer's market. And so then the next time they went, they had it. But it's like supply and demand, right? (laughs) If people aren't asking for them, then they're not going to supply it because it will just sit in a cooler and go bad. So... Cool. Yes. So ask at your local farmer's market if you find people who have like cow shares, ask for it. That's another easy way to do it is to buy 
um, a cow share, which is a big upfront expense, but is mm. actually way cheaper over the course of a year. Yeah, true. For meat. So yeah. if you have the ability, like the way my husband and I do it is, I mean, that is just part of our grocery budget is we plan for this big upfront expense. But then for the rest of the year, it's a one-time payment for the rest of the year, we don't pay anything for meat. We literally don't buy protein, unless we're buying the organ meat blends, but we literally don't buy protein um, year-round, except for that one time of year. So um, if you can do it, if you can swing it, and it's way cheaper per pound for good quality grass-fed meat. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a big difference. Hugely, hugely less expensive to buy a share of a cow. So whether that's a half cow or a quarter cow or a whole cow, you can ask the butcher for the organ meats. And lots of times they can give you organ meats from other people's shares too, because those people didn't want them. So that's a great way to get organ meats. Um, Otherwise you can look for a local butcher because they're butchering the whole animal and they're going to have those organ meats. So Ask them, you know, hey, the next time you butcher a cow or a chicken or whatever, can you save the organ meats for me and I'll come pick them up. Mm. Um, So just hunt around. Um, If you really can't handle the thought of cooking with organ meats, then I recommend something like beef liver capsules. Um, I like the Perfect Supplements brand. They have a grass-fed desiccated liver capsule. They also have liver powder. Mm. I, I I guess you could mix it into a smoothie. I like the capsules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. I feel like the powder, like the capsules even have a taste to them. So I feel like the powder might be personally for me too much, but you could give it a shot. Um, so just four capsules daily and you get most of the benefits. Obviously eating it fresh from the source is going to be better. But if you're not the next best thing is those desiccated liver capsules. Yeah. Um, so I do take those daily in addition to eating organ meats as regularly as possible. And that's my multivitamin. So I don't take a like prenatal multivitamin. I eat beef liver capsules and take cod liver oil and, and your blood works awesome. So yeah, that's That's what I do. Um, but even if you opt to take capsules versus trying to cook with liver, I just want to remind you that the palate changes. You know, it's a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. So the umami flavor of organ meats, which is natural, is one of the ways to start changing the palate because umami is one of the fifth unique tastes. So what it does is make all the other taste receptors taste better. So in a way, it kind of awakens your palate, oh. um, which is true for kids and adults. So just because you didn't like it the first time, right? I had yeah. a very bad introduction to organ meats. Yeah. But I kept trying. Yes. And I tried different ways and yep. forms. And I finally found one that I liked. Yeah. And like I mentioned with that Braunschweiger, you know, the first like several blocks of it that I had I had to disguise it in a ton of different things. But now a few years later, I actually crave the taste of it. And I like it just kind of, I don't eat it on its own, like just straight up slices, but I'll eat it with the cheese and the mustard and that's enough. So I don't have to add 15 other ingredients. Yes. So your palate does change. You just have to get used to the flavor. And that's honestly, that's true for kids. I mean, that's part of why the recommendation for picky eaters is like, just keep presenting the food, keep presenting it. Like 10, 15 times. Yes, exactly. Over and over again. So the same is, is true for adults. So 
If you really like can't do it right now, try the capsules, but also keep trying it in little ways because eventually you're probably going to find something you like. And those ground organ meat blends are so mild. I mean, truly, especially if you're taking what's already a blend, yeah. mixing it blend. further yes, yes. with more ground beef. Yep. Or and like some taco seasoning. Yes. You are good to go. Or like the ground chicken blend. You could mix it with more ground chicken mm-hmm. and make a big batch. Again, it's economical. It helps save you some money. Stretches it pretty far. And truly, like... I think it's just not even noticeable. And I hated organ meats. So I would know. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It's not like I'm one of those people who grew up eating them and I'm like, you can't tell. And it's just because I'm conditioned to them. Like, I literally tried them for the first time in my early 30s. And and thought they were gross. (laughs) Yeah, I thought they were horrible. So so I have had the experience. So I recommend trying those organ meat blends, trying something like Braunschweiger, doing what you can to disguise it at first and then slowly over time just disguise it a little bit less a little bit less a little bit less and you do get used to the flavor and it does taste better and the best thing you could do for your kids is start them now mm. on it yep. so that by the time they're adults yep. that's bigger, a food they're used brains. to yeah bigger exactly brains. bigger brains <laughs> yep yeah so that is my practical guide to eating nose to tail well, you have successfully gotten me excited to eat mm-hmm. like organ meats. That's I'm like I really am like gosh, I want some. Yeah, wrapped in bacon. But yeah, wrapped yes, in I bacon. Want yes, some. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So yeah. well, thank you, Elaine. You bet. Such good knowledge, and for all of our, our listeners, I mean, gosh, go home and cook cook some <laughs> cook some liver. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> go be renegades. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades! Go be renegades!